Welcome to Picks with the Professor, the show where an actual statistics professor and his friends give you sports betting tips. I'm your host, Professor Sides. This college basketball episode covers select games scheduled to be played on Thursday, December 8th, 2022. If you're here, check out the webpage on the banner. It's www.pickswiththeprofessor.com slash new for a primer. What we're about here, some goals, community rules, etc. As always, Remember, there are no locks in gambling. So what Sideline provides are loves, likes, and leans, and is A, B, and C grades. Indicate its confidence level with respect to scaling wagers. We're only going to cover a subset of today. No, we're actually not. We're going to cover every game in today's episode. First time all season, every single game. Uh, so I'd say for the full slate of picks, but you are going to get them all here. But you don't forget the Google Sheet has all the projections, totals, everything. For every single day, that link is in the show description and on the website homepage. As always, take what you like and leave the rest. If you have questions about these or other games, the best place to get those answered is in our Discord chat, which can be accessed through Patreon. Link is below on the ticker. Lastly, please understand that good and bad variants will occur. So as much as we'd like to say we'll be profitable each and every day, that is an impossible reality for any gambler. Uh, Jake, how are you doing on this Wednesday night? Doing great. Tennessee took care of business, so um, you know, it's not, not much more than I can ask for. They did. They kind of had me a little bit nervous for a yeah. while. They're kind of hanging 11, 11 and a half or something like that. Yeah. At some point I looked, it was in the second half. They were up like 17, 18. And I was, I was like, what number did we lay on that? And I saw the number and I was like, Oh my gosh, we laid a really big number. And thankfully they ran away and took care of business at, at the end. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I wasn't able to watch the game. I was doing some other stuff and like, like I looked at it, it was 11 and a half. I said, it's not great, but you know, still time. And then I looked at one point in the second half is like barely 20. I was like, Oh, Gosh. Yeah. Next time I looked at it, they were up 40. And I said, what happened? Yeah. I like this. Yeah. Yeah. I, I didn't see it either. Um, it was not one of the games on Should my screens because, Should yeah, why, why would it have been? Uh, but thankfully, they took care of business at the end uh, for us. So that was good. All right. Well, before we get to today's show, some reminders. Please hit that like button if you're on YouTube. Also, if you aren't yet, please consider subscribing or following. It's free. And if you turn on notifications, you'll miss any of the college basketball, MOB, or college football content that this channel provides. I already mentioned the Patreon, but check it out if you haven't yet. Lots of great benefits to be found over there above and beyond what we do here. Membership starts at just $3 per month. www.patreon.com slash picks with the professor. Reminder, all the picks uh, get posted there when I lock them. $10 a month. Who knows what they are by the time the show airs. Sometimes they move different directions. Um, so if you want to get the numbers that we are getting, that's how you do it. But even if you're not there, we're still thrilled to have you watching here. Let's get to it. All lines courtesy of Bet Online. Sign up link in the show description and current as the time of this recording on Wednesday night. Uh, Jake, this is very reminiscent of Monday's episode. There are two A plays. The one that you like, the A plus play of the day, 7 p.m. Central, Iowa State, plus five at Iowa. Sideline says this should be Iowa minus four. So we're getting a little bit of value here in two teams that have looked pretty solid so far this season. Iowa State, uh, I think, overperforming expectations a little bit more. Uh, Iowa, we thought would be good and has been mostly good. Um, you know, last game against Duke notwithstanding. Um, Iowa State's been a team that's, for the most part, played pretty well. Two teams that aren't, you know – eyeing one or two seeds in the tournament, right? But two teams that are, I think at this point, solidly eyeing March Madness the way they're playing. Uh, why do you think it's the right call to grab the five points with the Cyclones here in this rivalry game on Thursday night? Yeah, this should be a great game. If it wasn't an A play, it would have been the must-see TV one. Uh, it's a very, very good game. It's very going to be very tight. I think uh, that's a big part of that is due to how Iowa plays. Like in their two losses at TCU and Duke, they shot sub-20 from the three-point percentage. And – both those teams are very good defensive first teams, and that's exactly what Iowa State is, a very good defensive first team. Uh, I mean, Fran McCaffrey is 
the definition for teams of live by three, die by the three. If it's a little better this year, they're a little worse shooting than uh, most years, but he still treats it with the same. We're going to run up and down the court, jack up threes, and more times than not, we'll outscore our opponent more than we hold him down. And it, it just doesn't seem to be quite working as well this year, like against good teams. Mm-hmm. They're beating mediocre teams and bad teams like they should. It's just they're not pulling off upsets yet. And Iowa State is playing very well. They're 2-1 they're and one as an underdog. All you have to do is really look at the St. John's game. Not that they're underdog there, but they took a team that ran fast and wanted mm-hmm. to score a lot and put the brakes on them. And that's exactly what's going to happen here, I believe. And being at home might change things for Iowa. The shot, some shots might go in. Mm-hmm. That's why I'm not ready to take the Iowa State on the money line. But mm-hmm. getting five, I think, is a really, really good option here. Yeah, Iowa State's defense, like you said, can be the, the real difference maker. And, and, of course, you talk about the three ball. And and I don't know. I, I feel like a broken record with college basketball. And I, I, the people in the Discord know we've talked about it. We've talked about it, right? I always joke about how I hate college basketball. And a lot of it is so much because of the three ball. Because, you know, when it when it, when the two teams hit around their season averages, you have a general feel of how the game's going to play out. And you're going to miss some, absolutely. But, you know, you kind of have a good feel for it. But when one team's just hitting, they're not hitting everything goes sideways. And that's kind of, you know, if you've been back, if you back to Iowa in those two losses, uh, I think the model was on Iowa both times and they just completely shot horribly from three. There's nothing you could do about it. And the game we just talked about uh, here uh, on Wednesday night, the Penn state, Michigan state yeah, game. Penn state we talked to, we, we absolutely talked about that three point shooting. And that's exactly what happened. Michigan state shoots almost 50% from three Penn state misses like 18, three pointers or some ridiculous number like that. They don't have a chance. And that's kind of the same way with, with these teams shoot the three ball a lot. We always talk about it's not about the one game. We're not about the, you know, it, it's about taking the totality of them, right? And that's kind of what we're saying here again. In general, this is the type of game where we think getting five points at Iowa State makes a lot of sense. But in one game, if Iowa goes cold, Iowa State's going to win this game outright. And if yeah. Iowa hits, gets on fire, they're going to win by 15. So with one game, who the heck knows what's going to happen? We're talking about in the long run, trying to make a bunch of smart plays, grabbing the points where it makes sense a lot of times. And in the long run, it will balance out. In the one game, who knows how the three balls going to go. It can, make, it can make this maddening. It can make it fun. It can make it a roller coaster. That's why I always talk about looking at the big picture and not just the one game because the one game can get pretty wild. Yeah, yeah, it's hard to do on these short slates because it feels so much bigger than what it is. But um, yeah, about this. Well, and it's the same. Even just picking a handful of games like this, that's why I always encourage people to check out the Google Sheet. Right, hit us up in the Discord if you know if you kind of. That's what we do over there. You know, uh, you know, the model have an A grade on a, on a game or a B grade or a number will move, and people will chat. Hey, how's everyone feel about this? We'll kind of give a little bit of input or whatever, trying to get at least help it where it's not just this where where it doesn't feel so big on the one game or the two games where it's a little yeah. bit more out there where you can kind of say, hey. You know, I had 15 plays and, you know, five of them kind of went wonky one way, five of them went wonky the other way, five of them went just like I thought. And overall, we went nine and six. You know, that's kind of what <laughs> what I, I'm preaching here, at least. Uh, but, yeah, on a slate like tonight with eight games, you literally can't do that. You only got eight of them to choose from. <laughs> Uh, yeah, it should absolutely be a great game. I'm going to give you another A play, though. The other A play. I actually like this one on the money line. Marshall plus two. Sideline says they should be favored by a point, about a point and a half. Um, Duquesne has overperformed model expectations, but Marshall has overperformed them by even more. Um, it's a pretty solid pick. It's the one that the model likes the most. I, I like grabbing the two or just taking the money line with Marshall here. And another one, this total, at least for right now, 
is 151. Thailand has it at 154. I would go over the 151 personally. I just think there'd be a lot of points in this one. Uh, neither team plays great defense. Both teams play great offense. And Marshall's really going to push the tempo of this one. They're one of the fastest teams in the country. Yeah, Marshall seems to drag teams to that pace because it's kind of uh, like – I don't know for everybody that's played basketball out there. It is it is a lot more fun to play that up and down game than it is to go slow and take your time. <laughs> right. Uh, so they kind of get teams playing their game just because they just get drug into it. It's a lot of fun to watch them play because they go so fast. And I think there will be a lot of points in this one. And I, I agree. I think Marshall should win this one outright. Yeah, so I think said Marshall plus odds, I think, makes a lot of sense on this one if that's still available whenever you're uh, seeing this show. I'll take us to our best B side, handful of B grade plays for us. The best one here that we're going to talk about, 8 p.m. Central, St. Thomas getting six points at Montana State. Uh, look, St. Thomas pretty good offense and that's really all we need to talk about because there's only one half to the game and that's offense and that's how St. Thomas lives and that's how we're going to live today right yeah yeah <laughs> it's definitely not worrisome backing the team with almost the worst defense in the NCAA um, we're just going to avoid that part of the conversation uh, don't need but, to talk about it <laughs> yeah but, but they are like you said an incredible they're an actually incredible offense mm-hmm. uh, they're top five in effective field goal percentage top 10 and three point percentage mm-hmm. they also hit 70 plus percent of their free throws mm-hmm. they're Offense should be good enough to keep them in most games, especially against these uh, goodish teams like Montana State. They're they're average, mediocre. Yeah, Uh, they're just. I don't think they're like you said. They're very average, very mediocre team that I don't think can pull away. And getting plus six is a really good thing here. Uh, Like St. Thomas is making almost ten threes a game, and uh, Montana State is giving up seven to eight that range. So I I think it'd be, it's going to be very easy to see that get extended to 10 or so like St. Thomas with way St. Thomas finds good shots. They work their Mm -hmm. offense around and it's uh, their offense is really the key here at Montana state really hasn't gone against a team that has this kind of offense. And I think they're going to be a very tight game. Montana state should win, but it's going to be very tight from the go. Yeah, tight tight game here. Getting six points makes a lot of sense. Uh, good plus odds on the money line here. Wouldn't be bad to throw a flyer on it. I, I kind of feel like my take on this game is I don't know what's going to happen. Both teams are both pretty mediocre, pretty average across the 300-some-odd teams. Don't really know what's going to happen. Sure, the home team's probably more likely to win than not, and they should be favored, but they shouldn't be favored quite like this. I think who knows what's going to happen. should be a fun one. Grab six points, grab the money line, and just say – it should be an interesting, entertaining game. So, again, having points or plus odds in your pocket makes a lot of sense for it. Yeah. The first, first game of the year, uh, Thomas hung right with Creighton all game. We mm-hmm. ended up losing by 12. And I don't think there's just six points difference between Montana State and, mm-hmm. uh, right. and Creighton. Yeah, for sure. A lot, a lot more than six there. Uh, I'll give you a bonus B-side. And look, I, I, my take on this one's basically the same thing we just said. Colorado State getting five and a half at Colorado. Uh, these two teams are, are better than the previous two. These two teams are both solid. Um, but they're both kind of pretty close to each other, right? Uh, Colorado might be a little bit better, but not by that much. Um, where Colorado has a huge home court advantage is with the altitude, the travel spot. It's hard, to, you know. It, it's awkward, to, hard to get there, or whatever. And, and it's just, a, it's a tough spot. You know, we always talk about teams playing Utah and Colorado in those back-to-back Pac-12 spots. You know, one on a Thursday, one on a Saturday, one on a Friday, one on a Sunday. It's really tough, especially the second one you're playing. 
not an issue here for Colorado State. Just down the road should be a lot easier to get to it. They should be used to the altitude. That goes away. I think it's the same story as the St. Thomas one. I have no idea what happens. Just grab points, grab plus odds. I guess a pretty solid investment because I think that the uh, favorites in both of these games that we're talking about here in the in the mountain time zone are <laughs> just favored by a little bit too much in games that should be really interesting games. So I, I think you got a good chance to cash here with the underdog um, out there in Colorado. Yeah, totally, totally agree. Colorado is a very inconsistent team. All, all it takes yeah, for them not to show up for a quarter of the game and the, and the Colorado State covers here. Yeah, you talk about you talk about a team that can really uh, look good or look bad uh, from one game to another. Colorado is one of them, absolutely. Uh, that'll take us to the Jake LM segment, one where the model hasn't. I've actually locked it to play it on the model on this one because the model pegs it pretty close to the actual number. Uh, Utah is favored by fourteen and a half at home against Jacksonville State. Sometimes it should be fourteen point eight. So I'm just kind of sitting back. Want to see what happens in the morning, where the number moves to, because right now it's a pretty dead heat, according to the model. Jake, you think there's an edge to be had there. What is that edge? Yeah, we kind of just talked about it. Utah at home is a different mm-hmm. world, especially coming from Jacksonville. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is their very, very good team at home, just like their football team is a very, very good team mm-hmm. at home. Mm-hmm. Uh, they just absolutely handled Arizona by 15. Uh, a lot of time, a lot of points of that game was even worse than 15. I don't think Jacksonville's got the talent, the horses, however you want to phrase it, to stay in this game. I think Utah gets up early and runs away with it. Yeah, that, that makes sense. There's a reason why they're favored by a big number, but we're always talking about with these big numbers, trying to identify the games where you really think it could get out to 20 early in the second half, and that's absolutely possible with Utah's uh, how well they play at home. That's the angle that you're taking on this one. Uh, I'll also throw out there for you, right now the total is 132 and a half. Be going over that total personally. I, I just think Utah's going to basically name their score here in a situation where they've got a pretty solid offense and Jacksonville State, not a very good defense. Uh, so they'll yeah. be able to score as much as they want. Yeah, totally agree with that. Uh, I mean, the over looks really good because I think Utah's going to be able to just run through this. And I mean, they're just, I don't understand why they're not getting as much respect from the rate, like Ken Palm ratings and BPI and all that. Like, I, I don't, I'm not sure what they're seeing that I'm not. Yeah, uh, you would have thought after the Arizona game they would be getting a little more, but maybe it'll take another another time or two. It could have to do with the turnovers. Yeah. Um, we talked about them struggling with that. I think what helps us here is that Jacksonville State, probably not a team built to uh, force quite the turnovers. Uh, that's something they'll have to work on for conference and something for us to keep an eye out. Mm-hmm. You know, which teams in the Pac-12 look like they're forcing a lot of turnovers. That might be where Utah's a little more susceptible. Probably not going to be an issue here on this non-conference game, though. All right, and that takes us to the professor on the limb. I got a C grade play here I'm going to talk about. 6 p.m. Central, Rutgers at Ohio State. Look, my analysis on this one is pretty simple. Sideline says it's Ohio State minus five and a half, but also says to lay the six with Ohio State. You don't see that every day of the week. Um, or if you do, it's only because there's a lot of games. And so, <laughs> with that said, I think we should back Ohio State laying the six. My analysis is pretty simple. Rutgers is incredible at home, not very good on the road, and the Big Ten home court is king. I mean, it's just some of the best advantages. We talked about it a little bit yesterday. Uh, it's not going to always hold true, but more times than not, that home court in the Big Ten is going to really matter, and Rutgers playing away from home. I just think laying it with Ohio State makes a lot of sense. It's a game where I think they can either pull away in the second half or they're up something like four or five with a minute to go for the foul game starts happening and Ohio State ends up winning by something like eight. So I'm going to lay it with Ohio State there um, in, our, in a Big Ten conference game on Thursday night. 
Yeah, we were talking about this a little bit last night. It's it's back Rutgers at home, fade them on the road. They just – I don't understand. It's year after year they somehow figure out to be really good at home and forget how to play basketball when they leave New Jersey. Yeah, absolutely. The other must-see – the other Big Ten game is going to fall in our must-see TV segment, Michigan at Minnesota. Michigan's a four-and-a-half-point road favorite. Uh, Sideline has locked this in as a B-grade play, laying the four-and-a-half so should be – 5.3. The model is six and two in games involving Michigan, five and two in games involving Minnesota. Michigan uh, not uh, losing a key player, I believe, in their mm-hmm. last game, but still should have enough to get this. So we just talked about the home court advantage in the Big Ten mattering, but in this one, I just think there's a big enough difference between Michigan and Minnesota that Michigan should be able to get the road victory. They aren't close enough for that to really matter and help Minnesota out. I think, uh, Jake, why is Michigan minus four and a half a good investment? I don't think we should overthink it. There, there's not a ton of difference between Edie and Dickinson. Uh, mm. they're, both of them are seven foot, very good with their back to the bucket. Kind of kind of good-ish. Yeah. Yeah, I, <laughs> I know Llewellyn was the guy you are just talking about towards ACL mm-hmm. the year, but I don't think losing him hurts them enough to not mm-hmm. cover this number. They've, they've got uh, Joey ba- uh, Baker who can – step up and hit, hit some extra threes. Kobe Buffkin and uh, Jed Howard are playing really good. They're, all they have to do is just step it up just a little bit on the offensive end because it wasn't like Llewellyn was playing great, wasn't doing as good as they thought he was. I think he was only averaging seven points, so it's not a huge offensive loss. Defense is where it kind of hurts a little bit for some guys to play some more minutes that they might not be ready for. But Minnesota's not the team. It's a good team to have this for your first game without him. Like it's a good team to mm-hmm. practice on. Uh, they're they're kind of been struggling here, losing their last three. They shoot absolutely terrible from the free throw line. It's mm-hmm. in the fifties. It's it's really bad. Mm-hmm. Um, like there's at this point, there's only two teams worse than them. Uh, and they out of out of three hundred and some odd. Yeah, yeah. They, I think they're like three sixty one or something like that surprising that a power five conference team is and has that distinction you would have thought it would be some team that just can't get athletes or i can't get shooters it's really surprising that a team from the big 10 is that 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 low in free throw yeah. percentage. i mean this is, this is according to ken palm like they they were mm. I don't know, he doesn't typically make mistakes uh, typically, no. <laughs> and it's early in the season so maybe they won't yeah. be quite that bad but it's still bad there's enough data at this point to say that's it's not good it's not good yeah. either way i mean part, part of it is the lack of getting to the free throw line so mm. but they, they don't do it that often so a miss counts as more mm. percentage wise than it should mm. mm-hmm. uh, that's also another reason to to fade them is they're, they're not very aggressive on offense, so they're not getting extra opportunities or forcing things at the free throw line. Uh, and their defense is nothing special. They just don't have the talent here. They're not ready for this. This Michigan team, when they're hitting threes, is very, very good. And even mm-hmm. when they're not, they're still a good team because Dickinson is a monster in the paint. And Minnesota just got absolutely railed by, uh, by Edie, and I don't think there's anything they're going to be able to do different to stop uh, Dickinson. I'm, I'm going to put you on the spot here, and hopefully there's not a team that you forget. Someone in the comments can be like, oh, you forgot about so-and-so. M- Minnesota, wor- worst team in the Big Ten at this point? I mean, Nebraska's on, on the rise, at least, right? So, it, obviously, Nebraska be in that conversation, but uh, is Minnesota the, the worst one? Man, they're, they're putting up a fight for it. Yeah. Uh, I mean, you got Nebraska. I mean, So, it's hard to say, like, because Rutgers is not a very good team overall. Right. But right. at home, that makes a big difference. Um you got Minnesota there. I'm trying to remember everybody in the Big Ten. 
Um, <laughs> the problem is there's like 14 teams now, yeah. so it's like trying to go through them all. <laughs> I mean, they're definitely not better than USC or UCLA. Oh, they're <laughs> – <laughs> touche, touche. Yeah. One, I, I know Rutgers is actually a little higher in a lot of the rankings than I would have expected about them. Yeah. I, I would have thought they would be a lot closer, but I know there's a lot of rate systems that, that really like Rutgers, what they offer this year. And I don't know how much that's the home court, uh, whatnot, but uh, they're up there a little bit. You know, Michigan State was a little bit uh, up and down, but they, of course, you know, yeah. getting the win. And, I, you know, Penn State's not great, but I, I think a lot of places will say Penn State's better. Uh, and I, Nebraska's win over Creighton, I think, would probably put them ahead of Minnesota, I would think, right now. Yeah. You know, yeah. I've, if if I were picking, like even without the Creighton game, I would I would have said it's between Nebraska and mm-hmm. Minnesota this year. Mm-hmm. But after Nebraska went in, probably banking on Minnesota being the bottom yeah. of the Big Ten. The, the reason I say that is when you think about conference play, and I, I, I we talked about this before with the Big Ten. I, I do think it's going to be just a bloodbath there. It, it wouldn't surprise me if the team that wins this conference has three, four. Yeah. Maybe even five conference losses. I don't. That, that seems a little bit less likely, but it wouldn't be impossible. Just with oh. all the really good teams, and you look at it and you say, like, going to Minnesota is like you got to get that as the road win because if you can't win at Minnesota, like, where are you going to win at, right? I mean, that may, maybe Nebraska, maybe, maybe. Uh, but I mean, yeah. we talk about Rutgers. It's hard to win there, you know. Penn State, you know, Michigan State getting that win at Penn State was a really good one because Penn State also at the bottom. That's another one, right? You got to get those the easier road wins and this is a spot for Michigan to do it. Obviously they could, they could win this and not cover, but you have to think there's a, a good enough motivation here to go in and take care of business and say, look, we're going to have a tough conference schedule. This is a road win we can go out and get, we got to go get it tonight. Right. Yeah. Especially uh, with an unbalanced schedule, you've got to hit mm-hmm. your road ones that you can. Cause like, I mean, Michigan is kind of lucky here, right? They, they get Purdue at home is the only time to see them. Mm. Like, and so when you have things like that, you've really got to take advantage of the – when you get a bottom-tier road game in your conference, you've really got to take advantage of it. Look, with, so with, the, with the unbalanced schedule, because you might not get – you might get all tough road games, right? So if you get an easy, you got to take advantage of it. So anyway, a long way to say uh, we're going to back Michigan there again, models giving that a B grade and you like laying the four and a half as well. That'll take us to overtime last game for the first time all season. We are covering every single game. Uh, we did it for all baseball season. We covered all the games, but you know, have it harder to do that in college basketball. We're doing it tonight. The last game we have talked about 6 PM central UMass Lowell at Massachusetts, two teams that we covered on Monday UMass Lowell got the cover for us. UMass was ahead by like 20 some odd. We talked about this. Oh, I think because, yeah, because Jared, I talked about this. They were ahead huge and then just stopped playing and, and didn't quite cover. They covered some people's number, um, but both teams really took care of business earlier in the week, um, coasted to easy victories. Now they're playing each other. Um, you know, it's hard to say which team's the better team here. Yeah. Uh, according to some metrics, some metrics, say UMass is a better team. Some say UMass Lowell's a better team. Obviously, you're not giving UMass a huge home court edge in this one being a, a cross-town game, not a lot of travel involved. Um, Sideline says it should be UMass minus two. The actual line, UMass minus two. So it hasn't locked in a pick as of now. We'll see what sort of movement happens in the morning, but it should be a tight, interesting ball game. Total on this one set at 144. Jake, what's your play for us? Yeah, I'm, I'm going to take the over 144 because I can't imagine picking a side. These, like... These teams are mirror images of each other. They mm. play fast. They, they got a better defense than they do offense. They both average in the seventies. It's I don't I don't know how you pick a side in this game, but the over seems to be really really good play to me. It's set at one forty four. I think that's way too low. I think this ends up like seventy six, seventy eight, something like that, where there's it finishes at least in the mid seventies, getting us over that one forty four number. Um, it's just they they 
they're almost the same team exactly. Like even when it comes down like Ken Palm rankings or whoever rankings you want to look at, they're right next to each other within a couple spots. And yeah, I was gonna say you could you if you if you squint hard enough, you might say UMass has a slightly better offense and UMass little a slightly better defense. But I mean, you really gotta squint pretty hard to say that. I mean, like you said, they're they're remarkably similar for being crosstown teams, right? You know, it's yeah. if, sure I could pick a team across the country that's similar because I got three hundred some odd options, but in the same city, that's kind of impressive. Yeah, it really is. And, I mean, I think that helps because who do they practice it against? They're practicing against mm. themselves. Mm-hmm. Here they are playing against them. Probably. Really. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. Maybe there's something weird out there, but they're practicing the, the other players on their team. But, I mean, so this is going to look like they're practicing. There's going to be mm-hmm. fast. should be a fun game to watch. I'm not sure it's on TV. Otherwise, I might have slid this one into the must-see TV segment. But uh, but either way, very it should be a fun game to watch and a lot of points. Yeah. Absolutely. It should be a lot of points. should be a tight contest. Uh, I'm trying to find it for us now. It looks like it's on ESPN Plus. So if you have ESPN Plus, again, uh, we aren't sponsored by them or anything, but if you like college basketball, ESPN Plus is probably worth your investment because there's yeah. so many games on it. Uh, and this one, yeah, like you said, really would be worth watching. Out there for it. Yeah, exactly. They've kind of created a little bit of a monopoly almost grabbing yeah. all the, they just, they basically were like, if there's a game out there, we want it. You know, it's like, mm-hmm. there's a few that go somewhere other places. You know, the Mountain West, network and the wcc network we'll talk about that and there's the flow sports which has a hate you know a couple of conferences but it's like if it's not gobbled up by one of those or the fox sports grouping it's uh it's like false to espn plus so uh, that's where you can go to find that one one of the best parts about it is sometimes you get just amazing announcers that are trying their best and it's makes it for absolutely fun to even just listen to uh, fun, confusing, That's disturbing. <laughs> yeah. yeah you do get sometimes – because sometimes you get the local announcers, and it's it's al- it's almost like it's you and me broadcasting a game, which I'm sure we would be a train wreck as well yeah, and yeah. get so oh. sidetracked. But it's like it's like if you and I just went out there like, all right, we're going to broadcast this game and tell you how it's going, right? Yeah, with as bad as I am with names. Oh, God, I couldn't imagine yeah, me would. trying to – Trying to call we can, the game. We could we could do a three man game, you know, cousin Jared, I could do it. You could be our sideline reporter, you know. Yeah. <laughs> maybe, maybe if someone at ESPN Plus is watching this, uh, we we'd love to do that. Just Please, just any game, one night. Any it'd be it doesn't even matter. Yeah, how bad it is, it'd be so. Much I'll fun. take IUPUI versus Mississippi Valley State. It'll be fun. I, I'll have a good. I mean, th- that would be a must see game for bad reasons, <laughs> but but it would be all right. Well, that's all we've got for you then today, Jake. Any parting words? Yeah, if you do know somebody at ESPN Plus, I would love the, uh, the opportunity to call a game. So please. Fair, fair. Same, same. Uh, <laughs> all right. Well, thanks for tuning into this episode of Picks with the Professor. Don't forget to subscribe so you can enjoy all the sports betting content. We've added this channel stuff right into your feet. We'll be back again tomorrow with more college basketball betting content. And until then, as always, best of luck. And remember, you can eat your betting money, but please don't bet your eating money.